so we have a very privileged position. Uh, we get to work on the side of the Lord. We get to work with him. We get to work for him. As Christians in virtue of our baptism, we have a priestly, uh, we have a prophetic, and we have a kingly vocation in virtue of our baptism. So that's across the board, all of us have these aspects uh, to, to our vocation, which means we're supposed to give witness to the Lord. We're supposed to uh, have a, a, a prayer life and an intercessory prayer life for, for others as well. And we're, we have a certain amount of a certain amount of authority. Be careful of that word, but a certain amount of authority within the church as well, within our own places of work or families or wherever they may be, to give witness to what it means to follow the Lord. All right. So we, this is just such such a, a wonderful position to be in, such a wonderful place to be. In this uh, wonderful place, though, we're not alone. We have, yes, obviously all the heavenly courts at our side, but there's also an enemy. And the enemy does try to distract us, and he is good. Uh, that's a contradiction, obviously, but he's, he's, he's good at being an enemy. Uh, he's a very effective enemy. Uh, in that, he knows us well, and he knows our weaknesses. And two very simple, well, maybe a, a simple way of looking at how temptation works... <coughs> is that very often he either wants us to do something or not do something, but always in the wrong, in the wrong way or at the wrong time. Okay? So he either kind of pushes or pulls. So when it comes to ministry, when it comes to service uh, of the church, he'll either tell us, right, you need to be doing more, you need to be doing more, not doing enough, not doing enough, not doing enough, you need to be doing more, uh, so much so that in your prayer life you're just never at peace. Never at peace. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how many pilgrimages, no matter how many Bible studies, no matter what you do, you're just never at peace in, in your own prayer life. You always feel like something is lacking. You always feel like you're two steps behind where you should be. You always feel like maybe if I, if I could do more, did do more, if I, if I had done more, uh, then maybe, maybe, maybe God would in some way love me more or I'd be in some way more pleasing to him. You know, but it, it leads to, um, it leads to a, a very unsatisfying prayer life. It means that no matter how much you come into adoration, like in your, you know, you end up afterwards, after that hour of adoration, giving out to yourself for getting distracted and giving out to yourself maybe for not accomplishing as much as, as you had intended in that hour. And it becomes an hour then of, of, of self reproof rather than an hour of actual adoration, an hour of prayer, you know. So that's this, this, this temptation to do more, do more, do more, do more, do more. And Another interesting thing about this doing more business is that very often when we feel pushed to do more, because it's never enough, it can also make us feel quite lonely. So because we're always pushing ahead, uh, it's, it's, it's a real temptation then to, to feel like, Jenny, am I the only one doing this? Am I the only one here? Am I the only one who sees this vision? Am I the only one pulling this forward? And it can feel like quite a lonely place to be. So like in, in, in one's prayer life, again, like you're, com you're coming into the chapel and you're, you're kind of fighting or struggling to pray, but you feel like you're the only one. You just feel like, I mean, Ginny, everyone else seems to have it together here. Everyone else seems to know what they're doing. Everyone else, everyone else, except me. You know, and then that voice keeps going. I mean, pray more, pray more, pray more. You have to pray more, you have to do more, you have to do more, you have to do more. Not doing enough, not doing enough, not doing enough. Try harder, try harder, try harder. It's just a very, yeah, unsatisfying, unhappy place to be. And that's not from God. That is not from God. That is not the way the Lord teaches us to pray. That is not how the Lord uh, encourages us. That is not how the Lord forms us. 
He doesn't form us in, in loneliness and isolation uh, and with accusation. That's just not his way. Another temptation then is, is yet assure your grant. You know, you've done enough. You went to Medjugorje 16 years ago. You saw a cloud shape that looked like a dove, right? Your grant. You've done, no, don't be trying too hard, okay? Just take it easy. You're fine. And this, this, is, this is also a very common temptation. Uh, just to, to lose all zeal and to lose all fire and enthusiasm, to lose all, all desire to be missionary, and just, ah, sure, look, we're grand. Sure, and we're all, we're all doing our little bit. And sure, the people there, they don't go to Mass at all, but sure, look, they're good in their own way. And, and, and them there, terrorists, sure, look, they mean well. In their own little way. You know, and then it's like, there's no zeal, there's no enthusiasm, there's no desire to actually uh, share this treasure of the faith. In fact, there's no kind of need to share this treasure of the faith, because everyone's fine. And it's, 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 I would argue that's quite common uh, these days, especially here in Ireland, uh, where if everyone is fine, and if everyone is, is grand in their own little way and doing their own little thing, and you know, uh, then, then why try and renew the church? Why try and win people back for the Lord? Why? Because sure, if they're grand, if they're fine, if they're all going to heaven anyway, then there's just no need. There's no need. There's no need to be worrying. There's no need to kind of, no need to be praying for them. No need to be interceding. No need to be doing your best to, to, to live a virtuous life. No need to strive for, for your own conversion. There's just no need for any of that. Sure, we're all grand. Okay, so you see the, the, the two extremes of these temptations, right? Where it's just work hard, work so hard that it's constantly unsatisfying or don't really do anything at all don't really do anything at all it's, it's, it's grand like the way things are we're, we're fine an interesting kind of a, a situation as well with the, with the first temptation as regards doing too much is we can be t- uh, yeah, hear me out on this one we can be tempted to do good <laughs> the enemy can, be, can tempt us Push us to do good things. To do good things, okay? But maybe not at the right time. Or to do good things, but not in, in the way, or not with the motivation that he wants. To do good things, yes, but uh, out of our own strength. Not out of, out of God's grace. To do good things, yes, but for our own good name, or for our own reputation, or something like that. So... The enemy can even tempt us to good. And that, this is a, a, a subtle temptation because, again, what you're actually doing is good. But the Lord doesn't mind. In fact, it's a divine command that we rest. You know, for, for, for the Lord, it's actually okay for us to take a day off. For the Lord, it is, it is good and necessary that we take time away to be with our Father. He did it himself. And in the whole creation story, the Sabbath day is reserved for, it's not just rest, as in it's not, like, when we say rest, that doesn't mean, you know, couch potato and watch a box set from Netflix on, what do you watch? I don't know, EastEnders, something. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Downton Abbey, right? Okay, that's, that, that's not what the Lord means by rest. It should, it should be, it should be, uh, it should be life-giving. 
to the soul as well, you know, so like time with family, uh, time for exercise or walking or getting out or meeting, meeting people, time for visits, you know, it should be uh, Erholen, as they say in German, what's that? Erholen in English? Um, edifying, it should, yeah, it should edify us. So, again, it's just an interesting thing that, that the enemy can still tempt us to do good. Tempt us to do good. It's, but it's still a temptation because it's not the right time. Or it's not the right place. Or it's not with the right person. So there's, something, there's still something wrong, even though on the outside it looks good. And that's why temptation is, is, is often subtle. Because the temptation isn't, you know, don't believe in God. Don't go to Mass. Don't pray anymore. Because for, for most of you, that's, you've already got, I mean, you're well past that stage. You know what I mean? You're well past that stage of, will I go to Mass or won't I? I mean, you will, especially when you're living here. Uh, but the, the, that, that, so that won't be the temptation. Temptation will be, eh, you have to try harder. Because look at everyone else. Look at everyone else. Like everyone else is holy, and you're really not. You need to do more. You need to be doing more. You need to be doing more. You need to be doing more. Or, actually, sure, look, you're already going to Mass every day, so you don't, need to, you don't need to do anything at all. You're fine. Just cruise. Just let yourself be kind of carried along by the current of life in the house, but you don't need to do anything yourself. You know, so these two extremes, these two extremes are, are both from the enemy. So the Lord wants us today to to be aware, I think, of those temptations. And as he does something good in today's gospel, healing on the Sabbath, he does something good viewed as something bad. So the onlookers, scribes and Pharisees, thought that he had just committed a sin by working on the Sabbath, even though what he did was something good. So like, again, the idea of, of, of being tempted to do good, the Lord does something good here, but in the right way, even though it looked like a sin in the, eyes, in the cultural eyes of, of, of the time. So, yeah, again, daily we're going to be tempted. This push or pull temptation, this do too much, this do too little temptation. And we should be aware of it. And we should be ready for it. And we should be praying against it. And all of these things, and we stay with the Lord, who is love and mercy itself. And that's how we know, that's how we can gauge if what we're doing is right. I mean, is the Lord asking me to do this? Is the Lord asking me to do this now? So we ask the Lord to guide us always, that we might always have balance in our spiritual lives, balance in our prayer lives, and that all that we do might build up his kingdom. Amen.